The CDC and FDA. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Dropping a bomb today recommending a suspension in the use of Johnson & Johnson vaccine as they investigate six reported cases of a rare and severe type of blood clot. If you'd even mentioned the potential dangers of a vaccine, maybe even last week, you would have been called an anti-vaxxer, a murderer maybe. Crazy stuff. Now I guess it's government policy. Also ahead tonight, the first TV's Dana Lash joins me to discuss the White House's latest efforts to implement new gun control policies. Friends, it's time for Hold the Line. This is a really rare event. If you look at what we know so far, there have been six out of the 6.85 million doses, which is less than one in a million. So remember, this is something that we always, out of a, really out of an abundance of caution, as Jeff said, to give us a time to take a good look at it and see if we can get further information. Here's the problem, friends. We have been unable to have real discussion, have real debate over any aspect of COVID policy for the last year. Big tech has decided that there is an accepted narrative and that is it. You can't ask questions, you can't have different opinions, and I'm talking about on policies. They pretend that judgment and fact are the same when they are not. They've been doing this with masks, with lockdowns, with school closures, with everything. There is the Fauciite consensus, and then there's anything outside of it which must be suppressed and shut down. This creates a lack of public trust in these institutions, in the decision makers here about our public health, and that makes a situation like this even more complicated. On top of that, because of all the panic porn in the media, because of what we have seen from people like Dr. Fauci, who always take a very negative and foreboding tone when talking about anything having to do with COVID, and that will see even the most minute possibility as justification for more restrictions or mitigation, as Fauci calls them. People now say, well, if there's any chance, I have to take some action against it. If there's any chance we have to go through tremendous inconvenience, perhaps even additional risk, to avoid that possibility. As a society because of COVID, many people now, I'm talking about millions, maybe even half the country at this point, have almost no capacity to reasonably balance risk to health in their own mind. This is why you have people, for example, who have had the disease, COVID, already, and who are vaccinated, and who are still insisting on double masking themselves and even their young children because they have to guard against the what? One in 100,000 chance that they would both get and transmit the disease and then give it to their children. The disease already has a 99% plus survival rate per infection. On top of that, we have vaccines like the Pfizer vaccine that's believed to be over 94, 94, 95% effective. 
When you add those two things together, if you are not willing to go back to normal life because it's not safe, nothing is safe. And that then brings me to where we are here. Today, the FDA and CDC, this was in an FDA tweet, issued a statement regarding the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine. We're recommending a pause in the use of this vaccine out of an abundance of caution. This is madness. We all can do the numbers. The math is actually quite straightforward here. Six cases of blood clots out of almost 7 million shots. That's better than one in a million odds for you. If you get the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, you're not gonna have a blood clot. If you are going to avoid situations where your chance of, of injury or death is one in a million, you're not gonna leave your house. But you see, We've been masking for a year. We've been on lockdown. We've been going through all the pandemic theater. We've been masking up between bites. We've been told to make sure that, you know, we limit our time with loved ones and that we have to wear masks outside. You can't go to a public park and get fresh air. They shut down the parks. They shut down the beaches. All this madness because of the minute possibility that maybe somebody would get infected in one of these places. I'm not talking about the big congregate settings in, indoors where super spreader events are possible. I'm talking about all these other things that they've been doing based on the premise that anything that can be done to mitigate the risk of COVID-19 is inherently justified, no matter how small the percentages are. And you see this with their desire to continue to control all of us because now you'd think that we have vaccines, people that get the vaccine should be good, they should be clear, but they say, oh no, it's still theoretically possible that you could get and give the virus to somebody else. So even if a vaccinated person is willing to take the risk of living their own lives, you can't have your freedom back because there's a tiny chance that you as a vaccinated person will get and give it to somebody else. How small? We know it's less than 1%. Is it one in a million? And yet that's the official CDC guidance. They don't care about what they've done here to people's psychology, but they're gonna have to. They've made it impossible for most people to have reasonable, rational assessments of what they can do in their own lives because big, big uh, medicine brother has come over and decided that he's going to decide for all of us, in this case, Dr. Fauci, exactly what has to happen and what's acceptable. Here's what the FDA continued with, with the details here. As of, uh, as of uh, April 12th, 6.8 million doses of the J&J vaccine. We've had uh, six reported cases of a rare and severe type of blood clot, blood, blood clot after receiving the vaccine. Very rare. Less than one in a million. They're stopping the vaccination. How many people have died from COVID? How many people have gotten COVID? Huge number of people have gotten it. Over 30 million, probably times five at least. That's the real estimate. They 30 million confirmed cases, but any epidemiologist will tell you it's at least three to five times that many, maybe 10 times that many, uh, that you actually have spread of the virus versus the amount of cases that you catch. So the government now thinks it's a good idea to get some, some people to not take this vaccine that they tell us can save lives because of the one in a million chance that it could give you a blood clot. This is not a health, a, a health policy apparatus that's making intelligent decisions. I, I hope everyone sees that. Speaking of not intelligent decisions, Governor Halfwit up in Michigan is now saying that uh, the variants have overwhelmed them and even all the really good, oh gosh, yeah, they're real good policies in Michigan. Sure, even those aren't working to stop the virus. Play it. 
We did not have a national strategy for a long period of time. And then the Biden White House came in and we have one. And by and large, it's working and they're doing a great job. I would submit, though, that in an undertaking of this magnitude with such consequence, it's important to recognize where there might need to be some adjustments along the way. We are seeing a surge in Michigan, despite the fact that we have some of the strongest policies in place, mask mandates, capacity limits, working from home. We've asked our state for a two-week pause. So despite all of that, we are seeing a surge because of these variants. And that's precisely why we're really um, encouraging them to think about surging vaccines into the state of Michigan. And I'm going to continue to fight for the people. Basically, what she's telling you is, one, she can't observe objective reality, which is that their lockdowns, the things they're doing, aren't working. Other states don't have these lockdowns and they're doing better. But she thinks that her state, with all the lockdowns, and they've got some severe ones, they've got outdoor mask mandates in Michigan. She's saying, well, despite all that, it's not actually holding this back. No surprise, uh, because it's not working. And then she says, we need more vaccines. In a best case scenario, vaccines will start to bring down your caseload in two weeks, probably more like four to six weeks. Best case scenario. So how's that going to help with the surge that's happening right now? Ah, yes. But in four to six weeks, when the numbers do come down, because they always do, because the virus is going to virus, she'll say, oh, yeah, it's because we did the right things. She is absurd. But then again, so is the chief of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky. She's saying Michigan should, at this stage, a year in, with vaccines out there, folks, Michigan should just go back to the very beginning here, straight up lockdown, shutdown, stay at home orders. Play it. We know that if vaccines go in arms today, we will not see an effect of those vaccines, depending on the vaccine, for somewhere between two to six weeks. So when you have an acute situation, um, extraordinary number of cases like we have in Michigan, the answer is not necessarily to give vaccine. In fact, we know that the vaccine will have a delayed response. The answer to that is to really close things down, to go back to our basics, to go back to where we were last spring, um, last summer, and to, to shut things down, to flatten the curve, to decrease contact with one another, to test to the extent that we have available to, to contact trace. Sometimes you can't even do it at the capacity that you need. But really what we need to do in those situations is shut things down. It's like we've learned nothing in 14 months. Listen to yourself. Contact tracing. Yeah, that's going to help. All right. Police are calling Sunday's fatal shooting of Dante Wright by a cop an accident, but that didn't prevent another night of riots on the streets of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. After the break, we'll talk to founder of Black Guns Matter, Maj Torre, about the shooting and the response. Have you ever wanted to invest in real estate, but you didn't have the time to do it on your own? I felt exactly the same way as you until about a year ago. I've always loved the idea of real estate investments, but I didn't know how to invest in real estate while staying committed to my profession. I'm doing five hours of original programming and content every day, so how is I ever going to take the time to actually start investing in real estate intelligently? Like you, I'm busy. Where am I going to do this? Well, guess what? There's an answer. My friends at Done For You Real Estate. They took all the guesswork out of it for me. They found me an awesome property. They rented it out for me right away. They managed the tenant for me. And now I get a check every month like clockwork. Don't wait another second to see if my buddies at Done For Your Real Estate can do for you what they did for me. Visit doneforyoubuck.com to see how it works. Again, that's doneforyoubuck.com. From picking the city, the house, the broker, getting the mortgage lined up, getting a tenant, a management company, so that you start getting those checks every month. That's what you want, right? 
doneforyoubuck.com. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. A second night of violence rocked Minnesota as protesters took the streets coast to coast. After police in Minneapolis said an officer accidentally shot and killed a black man during a traffic stop. A narrative that's become all too common over the past few years. Joining me now to discuss this, the founder of Black <coughs> Guns Matter, Maj Torre. Maj, great to see you. Great. Appreciate you for having me. Great to be seen. Let's first just talk about these, these riots. It seems to many of us looking at this from across the country, and it's likely there'll be more of them in other parts of the country in the days ahead, uh, that it, it's a depressing circumstance, Maj, when the response to an incident like this is to immediately destroy property and attack law enforcement that have nothing to do with the incident at hand. Well, what should people be thinking about as this unfolds? I think there's twofold there. One, this is happening because this isn't necessarily, and I, again, I don't condone breaking you know, into anyone's private property. I want to be clear about that. But we got to step back for a second and look at the frustration that the people of America have had over the last year with government in general, the state, um, law enforcement officers, even with this clear mistake, I don't think it was race-based. Law enforcement officers are, you know, the first line of what the people see in regards to foot soldiers for the state. Um, and so we have had government, and a lot of times it's not packaged this way. We've had government overreach for a year Media on the left in these areas, government on the left, have been, you know, urban centers, mostly Democrat-ran cities, have been told you have to just comply and do what we say. Complete livelihoods have been lost. And again, this doesn't justify it, but we got to look at the overreaching of the state and look at the fact that, you know, it seems, and media, left media is going to help it out, it seems as if we can't get through a month without this happening, even though, you know, uh, that's categorically false. But uh, we're seeing a reaction to people being manipulated as well as um, being impacted by a year-long government overreach. I think, Maj, I, I would argue that we have seen more aggressive government overreach and, and a greater, very real threat to our freedom over the last year than we have at any time, certainly in my lifetime. So I completely agree with you on that point. I think, though, for a lot of folks, they'd want to know, 
it seems like this anger is being directed, as you point out, the, the front line of the state is, is the police. It's being directed at police when really the political class, the elites, the big tech companies, they're the ones who have been ensuring that we are living in this incredibly frustrating, depressing lockdown status for this amount of time. So it seems to me like there's a lot of misdirected anger and that there are people in powerful positions who want to leverage that for their own purposes and the police are an easy scapegoat. The, the police are an easy scapegoat and this is where law enforcement has to step up. Police unions, uh, we're talking about brass all the way down to rank and file. You have to, you, you, you're clearly seeing that these politicians will have you go and do a job that has nothing to do with improving the, the quality of life of Americans. And then as soon as convenient, politically convenient, they'll discard you. And then they'll leave the people having these relationships or interactions with law enforcement as if law enforcement is there all day. But we gotta acknowledge the fact that law enforcement has to step up and start telling some of these politicians, no, this is not okay. I think what has happened is uh, law enforcement for too long, and I'm not saying it's 100% they notice all the way, law enforcement for too long was okay with turning the blind eye because they got benefits and perks and they were made you know, uh, immune from some of this legislation. But now we're seeing that, you know, again, like you said, this is this is Geppetto there. We're both of us, whether we're talking about law enforcement or citizens, we're just being puppeteered. We're Pinocchio out here, you know, trying to not lie our way through this thing and get honest with it. But law enforcement should step up in that regard, because this is a clear example of how, you know, politicians just, uh, just throw them out to, you know, to, to the wasteland. You mentioned that you don't see the incident right now uh, that, that everyone's focused on in uh, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. You don't see that as, as racist. Rashida Tlaib, a member of the so-called squad in Congress tweeted this out. It wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. Dante Wright was met with aggression and violence. I'm done with those who condone government funded murder. No more policing, incarceration and militarization. It can't be reformed. Uh, Maj, what the heck is she saying really i mean now even a broke clock is right twice a day right where let's let's go with the you know the veggies where she's right is this this the, historically the law enforcement in certain demographics has been overly militarized we we agree with that we're seeing it spill into all of the other areas as well you got when you have churches and and pastors being arrested for you know their particular services or entire blocks and Jewish communities being locked out of a park for their faith and things of that nature, clearly we're beyond just the black community, right? What she's talking about though is not necessarily, you know, it's systemic on certain levels, but everything isn't a, a you know a monolithic right. group. But, but Maj, her, her her objection is not to police of policing lockdowns. I mean, her objection is that she thinks that law enforcement is, is racist and intentionally murdering black men. I mean, this is a separate issue from, uh, from the lockdown enforcement. So yeah, I, I think that she, I think that when you look at the history of slave patrols in America, that's a part of our ugly history that nobody wants to talk about. Okay, that part of slave patrols and the black codes, that has historically been something more specifically the black community has had to deal with. That's a fact. Um, how she's tying this into these things while at the same time advocating for uh, more restrictions on the people's right to keep and bear arms to protect themselves and their property, that's where the contradiction lies, right? I think we have to be honest about our nation's history, our great nation that we all love, we all live here. 
We have to be honest about it. When we're not honest about certain parts of it or we ignore it as if it doesn't happen, you'll have someone like members of the squad that will utilize that tidbit and conservatives, we may ignore it, but they'll use it to their advantage, even if they're tying it into something unrelated. This situation was horrible training. I think at best, this I don't think this law enforcement officer, she came in there that day to let's, let's, let's kill a black dude. I don't think that's what was going on. I think she had horrible training. The fact that you couldn't determine your taser is on your weak side. She's right-handed. She went to her Glock. She does not know what she's doing, period. She should be looking at an involuntary manslaughter charge. However, because this is just accountability. However, I, I, th I disagree with this notion that this is this was completely race-based. The lady herself, in the moment of after the shooting, didn't even understand what horrible move that she made. But the bigger point of all of this is, again, his even reason for his warrant was based in firearms possession, not a robbery, not a rape, not a homicide. Now, we got to go back to this concept of the people that have been initially targeted for gun control in America, the slave codes, you know, black people. Sorry to say it. It's another part of our ugly history. With that being the case, this man was in this predicament, didn't handle it the way that I would have or you would have. However, he has this warrant for a simple possession of a firearm. And I think we got to step back. And again, we got to look at all this legislation that we're throwing that's in well, that, that's a big that's a big topic that we're gonna have to come come back to another time on on gun in, in general i mean the notion of of you know felony in new york city you go if you buy a gun in pennsylvania you come to new york city with it you're a felon now well, you know you no longer have second amendment rights but that's a whole other topic but maj appreciate you joining sharing your perspective man thanks so much thank you all for having me talk to you in a bit over 100 corporate executives met this weekend to discuss plans for action against states that are considering the passage of new voting laws. We'll have more on that coming up in tonight's Buck Brief. I've warned you before about home title theft. That's where cyber thieves remove you from your home's title and become the owner. I said, look, you better get home title lock because it's coming. Well, if you're on Facebook, the big breach is here. Facebook had 500 million accounts exposed to cyber thieves. And according to a retired FBI cybercrime expert, everything thieves need to take over as the new owner of your home was leaked. Name, address, personal information, it's out. The thief forges your signature on a quitclaim deed stating you sold your home to him. He'll leave you in debt or perhaps even have you evicted. Do what I did. Protect your home's title with Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim then sign up for 30 free days of protection during this high-risk breach. Again, go to HomeTitleLock.com, use promo code RADIO. That's HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. I'm not talking about political contributions. Most of them contribute to both sides. They have political action committees. That's fine. It's legal. It's appropriate. I support that. I'm talking about taking a position on a highly incendiary issue like this and punishing a community or a state because you don't like a particular law they passed, I just think it's stupid. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell criticizing corporations for getting involved in state politics, but I don't think they're listening. This past weekend, over 100 corporate leaders gather on a Zoom call to discuss taking unified action, almost like collusion, against what they call restrictive voting laws being considered in dozens of states across the country. 
On the call were executives from AMC Theaters, Walmart, several major airlines, Levi's, LinkedIn, Starbucks, and Target. And that's just a few. I mean, there were a hundred. Friends, the days of corporate activism are just getting going here. Let's take a closer look at how serious this is going to get in tonight's Buck Brief. A call to coordinate political action be, uh, by the, some of the biggest companies, most powerful, wealthy corporations in America. This is the kind of thing that you would read about in a dystopian novel about the future America where companies call all the shots and we're all just essentially doing their bidding. Uh, but this is quite real, as we know. This is actually happening right now. And what you've seen is a decision by corporate America not only to take action with their own uh, funds and, and public statements and PR departments, but also to lean on each other to come together with a kind of political cartel effect here. This is really disconcerting. This should really keep everybody uh, on edge because when the state of Georgia is being targeted, that's just the beginning. There are many other causes, many other areas of American public life where you could well see woke corporations band together to exert a tremendous amount of pressure. Here you see just, just a, a handful of the companies, Starbucks, Target, American Airlines, Walmart, LinkedIn. They were all on this call to take joint action against what at least half the country thinks are completely appropriate voting laws. I mean, they're not taking action against something where there is a sense of unity and there's a sense of, of universal agreement on the issue. They're getting involved in a hyper-partisan situation and one that has been full of lies. I mean, the Biden administration has been full of it. Family shell, put it that way, when it comes to these Georgia voting laws. So what are these major companies doing now? Moving out of the state, certain uh, events. We know Major League Baseball did that. Perhaps even moving some of their jobs, some of their movie production. This is Will Smith who wrote, at this moment in time, the nation is coming to terms with its history and is attempting to eliminate vestiges of institutional racism to achieve true racial justice. We cannot in good conscience provide economic support to a government that enacts regressive voting laws that are designed to restrict voter access. The new Georgia voting laws are reminiscent of voting impediments that were passed at the end of Reconstruction to prevent many Americans from voting. Regrettably, we feel compelled to move our film production work from Georgia to another state. Uh, what's fascinating here, friends, is that they're moving it to a state that has even more restrictive voting laws. This keeps happening. Georgia does not have particularly restrictive voting laws compared to other states across the country. That's just a lie. It's not true. But people want to take a stand. They want to show what side they're on. They want a virtue signal. And if you're Antoine Fuqua or Will Smith, millionaire celebrities who are incredibly lucky in life, as we know, as so many celebrities who weigh in on these issues and professional athletes and others are, uh, this is an opportunity to show your fellow elites just how much you care. Who actually gets hurt in this process? Well, a lot of people that count on movie production or Major League Baseball All-Star Weekend or just having a corporate headquarters in the state of Georgia where they can go and get a paycheck. People that are just trying to feed their families and pay their bills. And that's why even Georgia Democrat John Ossoff has to come out and say, hey guys, maybe don't boycott our whole state because, I mean, it just went for Democrats in the Senate and for Biden. Play it. No, I don't support any boycott 
of the state of Georgia. In fact, the economic growth that's been so extraordinary in the last 20 years is a big part of what's driven political progress. Georgia welcomes jobs and investment, and I don't think that moves to boycott the state are constructive. They are not constructive. Uh, just because John Ossoff says it doesn't mean it's wrong. He's, he's correct. This is absurd. But you see, now there's more pressure on as companies step across this line and become hyper-partisan and even come down on issues where they're clearly just wrong on the facts, as they are with this boycott against Georgia, these activities against Georgia. It just means that it, it continues on until conservatives finally say, until Republicans, the GOP say, we are going to respond in kind and punish those who take these actions. Companies that do this should be mercilessly and ruthlessly boycott until their stock prices are tumbling, until executives are being fired, until they realize that half the country is a pretty big constituency. A lot of customers when you're talking about half the United States. The number of shootings in recent weeks, the left has turned its sights back on gun control, among other issues. Coming up here, we'll be joined by the host of the Dana Show here on The First TV, Dana Lash. Stay with us. We're learning more about the Minnesota cop who fatally shot a 20-year-old black man during a traffic stop in what the police chief called an accidental discharge. Officer Kim Potter, a 26-year veteran of the Brooklyn Center Police Department, resigned this morning after mistaking her firearm for her taser when she shot Dante Wright on Sunday, saying she believes it is in the best interest of the community to leave the department immediately. The graphic body cam footage opened up a new discussion on police training reform. Dana Lash, host of The Dana Show and somebody who really understands firearms inside and out, joins me that way. And Dana, great to see you. Good to see you, Buck. So this does seem like a terrible accident. We have people, including the governor of Minnesota, talking about how there needs to be police training. But let, let's, wait, let's get into this a little bit. I mean, what kind of training... Could there be to help differentiate taser from firearm? This, this kind of incident uh, happened before. And also, should we just be prepared for the training to be federal oversight of law enforcement looking for racial bias? I mean, it strikes me as the training issue is really always just a politicized issue when it gets talked about at this level. What, what do you see here? No, I think that's exactly right. Everyone always talks about training, Buck, for law enforcement, but then that kind of goes away, and then we are, we're back to defunding the police, which I might add, you know, I don't know how far it's gone in Minnesota. I know Minneapolis, their city council made some moves to defund the police, but I don't know if that's actually come into effect yet or not. Uh, but in this particular situation, the yeah, you should be able to tell your, the difference between a taser and your Glock. You should absolutely be able to. And so I was when I was watching this, and I looked at the video, and I was you know stopping it like frame by frame, the moment that I could actually like see something. And I noticed that there are two things that I noticed. First off, Buck, I noticed that all the other officers they were all carrying their tasers on their non-dominant side. They all had their handguns on their dominant side, their tasers, which had the yellow grip on the non-dominant side, um, and none of the other officers, at least from what I saw in the video 
and this is just going off of this, you know, the video footage and stopping and starting. I didn't see any other officer that had their firearm drawn as well. Now, this particular officer, Officer Kim Potter, who you said has been serving for 26 years now, uh, she was yelling taser, taser, but then went for her handgun on her dominant side, which then makes me wonder, first off, how long has she carried a taser? How long has that been department policy? The second thing is, you know, how much training have they received? Have they done? force on force have they done you know what kind of uh, you know reactionary discernment all of that de-escalation because you know it, it, there's 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 a lot to get into here and it clearly I understand that duress comes into it Buck and but the big thing is that you never rise to the occasion. You always fall back on your highest level of training, uh, especially when you get into that fight or flight mode. I was just talking about this on my radio program with my friend Jared Ogden, who's retired Navy SEAL, and he's gone around the country doing this exact thing, training police with de-escalation, discernment, everything to avoid a situation like that. Now, of course, you know every officer, they don't know what they're going to walk into into these situations. You have millions of engagements like this a year and thankfully these situations are rare, but you still want to prevent them. Well, and given that how rare it is, Dana, is there even really a realistic training regime? I mean, as you point out, most officers, and clearly based on the numbers of how often this kind of a, a tragic accident happens of the, of the taser fire or mix, most officers can tell, do tell the difference between these things. Some people I know will carry the taser in a chest rig, which separates it from where they keep their pistol, maybe that being more standard, but it doesn't seem to me like there's really going to be any kind of change in police training nationwide that would be a useful uh, means of, of it's, resources. It's, it's Go ahead. People this. I'm, I'm very hesitant with, and I think you hit upon a good point, I'm very hesitant with any move towards nationalizing the police force, which I feel like Democrats, with every single one of these awful tragedies that take place, they get more and more you know, pushed towards. But uh, in this particular situation, you know, I'd rather an officer have the skills and not need them than need them and not have them. Um, because two things, don't resist arrest, number one, especially for a felony warrant for an illegally possessed firearm when you're 20 years old. And the second thing is that, you know, if you're backup, be backup and make sure that you have the training. A lot of this comes down to training and also following the law, not resisting arrest. And you're going to have an another town that's going to burn. You're going to have another nation that's going to be gearing towards, or our nation here another summer, gearing towards a season of riots again, based upon something like this. Dante Wright, as you mentioned, had a felony, uh, a felony warrant out for him for possession of a legal possession of, of a firearm. And, and Dana, right. as, as we look at this, I, I just wonder, Last week, we were in the midst of a national gun control conversation yet again. It seems to have temporarily faded here, but I, I have a sense that we're going to be returning to this conversation very quickly. I want to know where you think the Biden administration is heading with this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Yeah, and and to tie that in with this, you don't hear the gun control advocates on this particular story of a 20-year-old who was in illegal possession of a firearm and had a felony warrant out. I mean, you don't really don't really hear a lot from them, you, and you don't really hear a lot from the administration on his own son. Maybe, perhaps, falsifying a forty-four seventy-three. Uh, the steps that the that the administration is taking, there are two things that that I think uh, unnerve me more than anything. The nominee for ATF director, who I think is an absolute blue and on freak job, who just is he's a conspiracist nut. Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to be sensationalist. I mean, that's just an honest observation. I mean, this is a guy who made fun of law-abiding Americans after they saw their cities burn and wanted to go out and. Pur- Purchase firearms, and he said that they were preparing for a zombie apocalypse. And he thought all those gun stores should have been closed as "quote unquote" non-essential businesses. So I'm a little concerned about the installment of David Chipman. No Republican in the Senate should vote for him. On the other matter, the issue with trying to redefine what is or is not a firearm. There's a reason why Biden wants this particular guy as nom- as the director of the ATF, because the ATF buck, as you well know, can come down and define what is it. What is a firearm? Is it an 80% lower? Are we going to start just classifying blocks of of aluminum? As as firearms by themselves because of the potential of what can be done with lawful hobbyists. Uh, people ignore the Undetectable Firearms Act from 1988 that stipulates that, no, you you actually have to be able to detect a firearm, even if you're making a plastic 3D gun and has to have a small percentage of metal in it. All this stuff is already law, but that's not the point. The point is defining everything that can be made into a firearm, kits and all, and handguns as all NFA items. I think that's the ultimate goal, and they're setting the first stages for those steps. Do you think, Dana, that people understand just how much the administration wants to get this done? I mean, I, I've been trying to warn people along. When you're talking about getting rid of the filibuster and, and adding D.C. as a state and, and all these different, and, and by the way, amnesty, which given what's going on at the border, is something that we're definitely going to be having a, a major political fight over in, in the months ahead. The more illegals that come over, the greater the, the weight on the amnesty side gets. Uh, gun control. I mean, the Biden administration really wants to get this done. And they're going to be pushing for this at a time when the country has gone through 12 months of the worst murder rate and violent crime, including assaults, rapes, homicides, you name it, in over 20 years, Dana. So so we got a Biden administration that wants to make it harder to get a gun, wants to crack down on gun owners. You point out the ATF situation. We've got riots expected in the weeks ahead and perhaps even all through the summer for BLM. And we're not going to be able to defend ourselves or we're going to it's going to be harder for us to defend ourselves that that's going to be a tough one to swallow, I think, for the American people. 
Yeah, and Joe Biden is going to win an award for best firearm salesman in the country for this entire year, Buck. That's what's going to happen because that record number of firearm owners that we saw for the first half of this year and in total last year, that number that number will double. I mean, he's turning firearm owners out of people who you, who were previously anti-gun advocates. That's how serious this is getting because people always fall upon that common ground of wanting to make sure that they can protect themselves and their families. And you hit up on a good point. There's a lot of stuff in motion that's going to make that that kind of a restriction a lot easier eliminating the filibuster so that Democrats who or whoever's controlling the Senate Democrats are going to be able to ram it through. And then if they actually end up making something out of this Supreme Court commission that was just assembled and packing the Supreme Court because Trump was very successful with his judicial agenda for the latter half of his last term. So that's that's also going to probably make it a lot easier for them to do something like this, which is why everybody needs to be very much engaged. They need to be talking to their lawmakers and they need to to not assume, Buck, that just because a lawmaker in the in the Senator House has an R by their name, that they A, understand firearms and firearm law, or B, even entirely support it. And for evidence of that, see Marco Rubio's red flag legislation in the Senate. Dana Lash, everybody, check out the Dana Lash podcast. If you're not already listening, you can get it wherever you listen to podcasts. Dana, great to see you. Thanks so much. Buck, thank you. CNN got an earful during its coverage of last night's protests in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. We'll have video for you in tonight's Quick Hits. We're living in very uncertain times and being prepared for the unknown is more important than ever. I'm sure you've noticed the world we live in is anything but predictable. The government's passing massive spending bills. The Federal Reserve is printing trillions of dollars in fiat currency. And many experts are predicting inflation could run rampant in the coming months. That could spell disaster for the dollars in your bank account. We could all benefit from something a little more reliable right about now. Well, what could be more reliable than real gold and silver? I'm talking about real gold and silver you can actually hold right in your hands. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now and learn how easy it is to get real gold and silver sent securely directly to your home or how you can have real gold and silver placed in your IRA or 401k. Just call the Oxford Gold Group at 833-600-GOLD and ask for your free guide on owning gold and silver. Again, call the Oxford Gold Group right now, 833-600-GOLD. The Oxford Gold Group is the only gold company I trust. Call them right now, 833-600-GOLD, 833-600-G-O-L-D. A protester goes off on CNN, and the actor who voiced the lovable character Apu in The Simpsons wants you to know he's really, really sorry. We got those stories in Quick Hits. Let's just first start with... Pretty remarkable, actually. Uh, CNN was uh, on the ground covering some of the riots. Yes, there were riots again in uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Here is what one man wanted to say to this CNN correspondent, and uh, he said it. Now you can see. Now you can see. see y'all be twisting up the story. You want to talk to me? Do you want to talk to me? Okay, cool. Don't take my mic, but we're cool. Okay. What is your? What's your name? What's my name? My name is my name. All right, so tell me what you think about what's going on What I on think here. about this yeah. is all the press and all the extra y'all do makes this worse. You think so? Yes. Me? When people want to protest, yeah. they shouldn't do it in front of a police. This, yeah, courthouse. Like that. You get what the f I'm saying? I want you to be careful. I want you to be careful. I really of what? do. Of anything that can of hit what? you. Of anything that can hit you. Look at of all the stuff. What? Of this. Of what? Of this. Do it look like I'm scared? No, you don't. Do it you look don't. like I'm scared? You don't. You don't. Exactly. Y'all need to get up out of here with all that twisting up the media ass Okay. Shit. 
Not a CNN viewer, apparently. So that may be something that comes out of this. Uh, also, just giving you a sense of what kind of stuff. I mean, you had fireworks going off in the background. CNN there covering a riot. I think CNN usually assumes that the rioters are on, roughly speaking, CNN's side. CNN tends to take a very favorable view of the mostly peaceful protests, as we know. So when they come up against somebody who doesn't have a lot of respect for CNN, they, they are caught off guard by it, as I think that correspondent was, although I'm not actually sure what that man's point was. Uh, showing the riots makes it worse. Well, don't riot and there'll be nothing to show. That seems like a better way to approach this. And the wokeness, it keeps on expanding. It is never ending and it seeks to ruin our society if we allow it to. It'll just continue to consume everything, including beloved TV shows, not just from years, but from decades past. I think The Simpsons is one of the longest, if not the longest running network TV show in the country. And uh, I grew up watching The Simpsons, not as religiously as a lot of other people, but I saw many episodes of The Simpsons over the years. I feel like almost everybody who's ever watched TV at some point has watched an episode of The Simpsons. Well, there is a voice actor named Hank Azaria who did the voice work of the character on the cartoon Apu. Apu is an Indian immigrant to the United States who owns what is uh, a, a uh, market, uh, some, something similar to a 7-Eleven. And now Hank Azaria is apologizing, he says, to quote, every single Indian person for voicing this character. I just, for one, there's so many things you could say about this. For one, apologizing to everybody. I mean, there are a few million Indian Americans in the country, somewhere in the neighborhood, I believe, of four, five, six million at this point. So there are millions of Indian Americans in this country Do they all feel, you know, is this apology supposed to be meaningful to them? If you apologize to millions of people, does that really even constitute an apology? It seems kind of strange from that perspective. But also, having watched The Simpsons, Apu is a family man, a small business owner. He's often very insightful. He represents in many ways the immigrant dream in America of owning and running a business. And yes, it's a comedy show and there are things they're they're teasing and making fun of, but he's a protagonist. People love the character of Apu, and he's, he was not a, a character that was, that was denigrated. He's not a character that was meant to be undermining of, of anybody, um, and yet now the wokeness says that we can't, we can't have it anymore. Uh, not, not allowed to have a white actor voice an Indian character. I'm sure you could have any non-white actor voice a white actor. That, that, of course, will always be fine, but the rules are in constant flux and changing. Speaking of the rules, Scientific American put out a statement on why major news outlets need to use the term climate emergency. This is now part of the propaganda effort to get everybody so worried about climate change. Here you go. Journalism should reflect what science says. The climate emergency is here. A hurricane blast, uh, Florida, a California dam burst because floods have piled water high up behind it. A sudden record setting cold snap cuts power to the entire state of Texas. Multiply these situations worldwide. You have the biggest environmental emergency to beset the earth in millennia, climate change. It's time for journalism to recognize that climate emergency is here. Why emergency? Because words matter. To preserve a livable planet, humanity must take action immediately. Yes, this is a religious belief for people who think they are too smart for religion. And yes, this is really just essentially an example, a clear example of propaganda. And we got another one for you. This is from the AP Stylebook, the Associated Press. They want everyone to know that 
This is their feeling as of today. Don't use the term mistress for a woman who's in a long-term sexual relationship and who's financially supported by a man who is married to someone else. Instead, use an alternative like companion, friend, or lover on the first reference and provide additional details later. Um, how about no? How about the term mistress actually conveys what's going on there? And maybe the Associated Press shouldn't try to define down what that behavior is into something else by covering it up with a word like companion. No, no, words do have meaning and we're going to fight to retain those meanings and not allow politics and politicization to erase all of that. That's it for today's episode of Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high.